Well, thank you all for coming. In the last few months, we've been going through a little series called Love Come, Came Down. Um, and honestly, what we're looking at is just the, the Heavenly Father who loved us so much. And I say us, not just you and me, but the us is the world out there. The world in here and the world out there. We're all people. God's creation. And He's come to us from up on high. Made Himself low. Took on the form of a servant. The form of a man. Why? Because He loves you. Because He loves you. I love that song we sang in the middle. Um, you know, just... oh, uh, the, the, I can't remember it all of a sudden. <laughs> the love. I just remember the love part. I, I, you know, how He loves us. How He loves us. So much. And it's so true. And that's, we forget that sometimes, don't we? I, I do. I forget how much God loves me. And man, it's, but when we remember that, and that's the whole point of Him coming down, is to share and show. Not just tell us, but then lead us, right? That's the idea. And that's what I hope you've been getting because when we've been looking through the Sermon on the Mount, that's what we've been seeing. In all honesty, we get a God that, that, that comes down, sits on the mountain with all these people. The dregs of society. People like me. And, and he sits with them and he says, he says, check it out. This is what my heavenly Father is like. This is what the kingdom of God is like. This is who he loves. You. And he sent me to show you and share this with you, but also take you by the hand. That's discipleship. See, he, he comes down and says, you can't do this on your own. You truly can't. When you read through the Bible, I hope you read through the Bible and look at it and go, wow, this is impossible. Because <laughs> I do. I can't do it. And we weren't meant to do it all on our own. That's why Jesus came down to fill us with the Holy Spirit. And then to take us by the hand and say, follow me. That's what it means. That's what discipleship is. And that's this last part of just as we get through the end here of, of, of chapter 7 in the book of Matthew is just that idea of, look, I've shared it with you. Now take my hand and follow me and I'll show you. And we're actually going to look at the book of Ephesians in the next two weeks as we learn to walk with him in front, in the lead, and what that looks like. Amen? We, we just need that, don't we? I know I need it. Uh, that's why Jesus says, "Come to let the, let the little children come to me, and if you're like a little child, then you've got it. You're getting it right. But see, we get too big for our britches, don't we? We love to do that. It's like, no, I got this. Take a seat, God. I got this. When it comes to my job, I'm good. When it comes to my relationships, I'm great. When it comes to my family, I could do this. At the end of the day, though, we get to a point where we say, wow, I really didn't have that one. <laughs> It's kind of like before I got my glasses, I used to play softball with the church team. I was like 15. I was a good baseball player. And all of a sudden, I was missing everything. I mean, I was good. I mean, I was like MVP, you know, when I was like two. But uh, <laughs> as I got older, you know, here it was. Uh, I'm like, the ball would come. And they, Chris, you got it. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> what? I didn't know what my vision was going. I couldn't help that. I mean, I got glasses. It got a little better. But, but I'm wearing contacts now. I'm as blind as a bat. It's not even my fault. It's not like I one day woke up and went, I don't want to see. Mm, you know, and it just happened. No. You know, it just, it, that's the way life is. You wake up and one day you just can't see. You know, you wake up and you're sick. Or, or you go to work and they say, pack up, you're done, you're leaving. <laughs> you don't have a job anymore. Life hits us. And we think we've got it. We think we can do it. But the truth is, we need the God that came down to take us by the hand. And say, follow me. 
I'm deathly afraid of heights. Um, no, let, let, me, let me change that. Um, I'm afraid of falling from heights. Okay? <laughs> That's the truth. I'm not scared of the, of the metal up there. I trust people. But I get to that and I look down and I just keep seeing myself falling to my eminent demise. Um, I just see myself falling and going, ah, you know, with a trail of, uh, you know, whatever coming out of my pants because I'm so scared. <laughs> That's the truth. Okay? That's the truth. I mean... I love scary rides. I really do because it really scares me. You know, some people can just go up on heights and be like, yay, I'm up there going, oh my gosh, and I'm scared to death. And I had a bunch of friends, I remember at a time that they were like, hey, Chris, we're going to go jump out of a plane. You want to? And I said, <laughs> get lost. You're not my friend anymore. And, and I, I cut them off right there. I never talked to them again. No, but, um, you know, I, I seriously, I, I just remember that. And then, and then my own brother betrayed me just the other day. You know, he turned uh, 40 and he was like, I'm going to go jump out of a plane. And I was like, you're no longer my brother. Um, but, but he, you know, it, it, I just look at that and I go, that's crazy. See, I know I would have a great time. I know if, if I were falling, I'd be scared. Out of, I, I would have a great time, but I will never do it. You know, back, back in the day, I used to watch a, a show called The A-Team, and I really, uh, B.A. Baracus, they had to knock him out. You know, Mr. T, before they put him on a plane, they had to knock, that's me. If you're going to take me up there, I love, I fly on planes, and I'm okay with that because I'm inside, right? And the windows are just big enough to where I really can't see how far down it is. But um, I, I'm scared to death of heights. But see, the thing is, with, when you go and you jump out of a plane for the first time, they do this thing where, it, it, I used to think, oh, you just get you up there, they, they tell you what to do, and then they, they kick you out of the plane, and then you better hope you get the right cord or whatever. No, they actually strap you, a guy on your back, a, little, a smaller little guy on your back, and they, they, they strap, they, you know, so you're in front, and then he's on the back, which is a little awkward, and, and, and they're strapped to you, and they're, and they're like, okay, you know what to do, but guess what, I'm here just in case. And I'm going to help you, and I'm going to make sure when we, when we go and everything else, I've got to shoot too, and we'll figure this out. And as we're falling together, you know, you're just going to have a fun time, but I'm here to help. I don't care who's strapped to me. I'm not doing it. Okay? But see, that's what we're getting to in the point of the Sermon on the Mount. We're, we're getting to a point where Jesus says, let me share with you the heart of God. Let, let me share with you what God has for you. And yes, it's impossible. It's a height that if you jump from, you would never live. But can I just say, I'm here as your God who loves you so much to strap myself to you. That's, that's Philippians chapter 2 and 3. Really, we look at just the God that, that, that became like us to strap himself to us. If that isn't love, I don't know what is. Because it's not like you're the best person to be strapped to, Okay? And I say that out of experience, not because I know you, but because <laughs> I know myself. We're not the ones that really are the, the, the best to be strapped to. But God straps himself to us and says, let's jump. Will you trust me? Because that's life. You don't have to live longer than a week or two to know that you've got to jump sometime. And that's what we want to look at today. We want to look at this simple fact. that Are you jumping alone? Or will you trust him? And really fly. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for loving us and strapping yourself to us. God, I have to admit, I don't trust you all the time. And, and, and the truth is, I look down and I see all that height and I, I'm scared. The fear of falling, the fear of failing, the fear of being alone. Heck, is there any wonder why you have said in your word more than any other commandment, don't be afraid. Because we get afraid. 
Some of us here, we look at our relationships and we get afraid. Some of us here, we, we look at our job situation, we look at our schooling, we look at our home life, we look at many things around us and we are afraid. But you're calling us, Lord, to in our ears so closely, right behind us saying, I've got you. Now let's fly. Lord, that's what we see in your word today and we just want that. Lord, I want that. I want that for this church. I want that for my family. And I want that for my brothers and sisters. Because it's not just something that's inside of me, but it's something that wants to play out as we serve the world around us. And they see people flying. As the prophet Isaiah said, mounting up with wings like eagles to soar. Because even young men get weary. Youths get tired. But in your power and in your might and by your spirit, we can fly. Lord, that's what we want. And so I just pray today that whatever we've got, we would bring it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you could do me a favor, let's stand on up and we're going to go ahead and read God's Word and finish off Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 23. All right? And there's a lot of things going on here, right? We've got, a, we've got some stuff that's, that's, that's very weird and it's, it make, makes you wonder, okay, what's happening here? And again, we're going to go through some of this uh, cultural stuff. Um, because a lot of you aren't first century uh, Jewish people. It's just the way it is, unless you've been frozen in ice. In that case, I say welcome. All right, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. says this, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, only if you find it. So watch out for false prophets. They can't come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. See, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. So every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. But I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise Man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. All right, you may be seated. It's a big passage, and there's a lot going on, so bear with us. But really what it boils down to, if you're taking notes, is this is the war on discipleship. Okay, This is the war on discipleship. And when I say discipleship, I honestly don't mean that, that being just a disciple of God here. Because the first thing we need to understand about discipleship that's very simple is we are all born disciples. You just are. And some of you might be like, no, I'm my own man. I do what I want. Really? There is nobody who is an island unto themselves. Let me, let me prove it. Um, th there's, there's a season that's fastly approaching us where many people will turn to that special channel called ESPN. 
Get where I'm going? That's right. Some of you are like, yes! That's right! And you can see hundreds and thousands of people who, who rip their shirts off that never should and, and paint them. They do this crazy thing, right? And some people take huge blocks of cheese and put them on their head. I mean, this is a weird, weird following, people. And they worship at the house of the pigskin where, where, where there are these, these, these big men in tight pants running around. And they're saying, yay, go, my favorite sports team. Score that goal unit. You know, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy, right? You know what I'm talking about. See, see, you don't have to, you don't have to go too far to understand we're born disciples. We are. We're born disciples. And, and really, discipleship or being a disciple is simply someone that you put your life behind or something that you follow, follow very, very closely. See, the idea is you are following something or following someone. Funniest thing, I, I, I love my kids and we were, oh my gosh, it's like my, my wife goes out of her way to make me cry because she takes pictures and videos and she brought up this, this video about five, six years ago of my kids and it was of Ethan, one of them was of Ethan when he was six years old being asked about um, what, 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 what it means to get married. And he went on this long tirade about how it, you have to go to the desert and you have to wait 15 years. You know, because kids say the darndest things, right? You have to wait 15 years and then, and then, and, and then you have to wait, wait a long time. It's like 20, 20 days and then you, you can get married. And my wife's like, what, do, you, do you get married in the desert? No! What are you talking about? You don't get married in the desert. Like he knows, right? You, you get married, but you gotta wait 20 days in the desert after 15. I'm like, Ethan, do you remember that? We were watching it, and you know, and he's like, yeah. I'm like, where did you get that? Oh, I heard it from somebody. Uh, I was listening to people uh, on the school, you know, yard or whatever, just listening. And so that's the way it is, right? He didn't know it, but he's just come up with this thing because it's something he heard, and so he does. And, and and the crazy thing is that we were watching a show the other day, and I was, we were laughing at it because it was such a corny show. It was one of those Netflix TV shows, and we were watching as a family. And I am a critic. I'm sorry. I just am. So I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh, the acting is so horrible. You know, the, 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 this is so bad. And it was hilarious because, like, five minutes later, I hear my son saying the exact same thing. I'm like, you, what, you, you know, what did you He got it from me. You know what I mean? It's like, he just, that's all. He just, he's copying me. You get it? We're born disciples. This is the thing, too, about teenagers, and it cracks me up and also makes me very sad, and I want to punch them, um, is all of a sudden, and you know this if you've got teenagers, and, and, or if you've been a teenager yourself, they get to a point where they, they go, Mom and Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. See, I was a disciple of you for a long time, but now I've got this friend and this crowd, and they think they're so different, don't they? They think they're so different. And they go, they go, I'm not going to listen to you. You don't know what's going on. But my friend Cockroach over here, he knows exactly what's going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cockroach has got it going on. He's smart. Right? And they follow the crowd. They, follow, they become a disciple. All of a sudden, they start wearing certain clothing that they never wore before. They, they, they start talking a certain way. They start doing things and saying things. And you're like, where did you get the... What? It's just disciple, right? I mean, when you get the new job, you go in and the, and the job says, hey, this is our culture. <laughs> you know what that means? Follow it. Do this, be this. This is our culture. You must follow. 
You must be the disciple of that culture. And we get this from telemarketers to emails to commercials to movies to radio to everything out there. The books, all that stuff. Strap yourself to me, is what it says, and follow. So who do we trust? How do we do this? See, Jesus gets this. And, and, and we're born to be disciples. But the problem is, we gave up. We gave up following the Creator to follow everything else. And, and can I just say, has, this, has that really got us anywhere? Uh, there's more slavery today than there's ever been. Through accounted to all the generations of slavery that we can actually count in history. There's more slaves today than there's ever been completely in all of history that we know of. Because we're so much better. One out of six women is brutalized. Pornography is rampant. Sex trafficking, slavery, I mean, you name it. I mean, come on, really? We're so smart. We're so progressive. We've got it all together. No, we don't. No, we don't. There are children still being killed in Syria like you wouldn't believe. You see, it's sad. But this is what happens when we are disciples of everything but the Creator who's created us. And so Jesus comes along very lovingly and says, I've come that you might follow me. Now, I want to point you to three things in the war here that Jesus is pointing you to. This isn't my own stuff. This is what God is saying. And I just think it would be very important that we look at it. First is the war is that of the way and the battle of me. Now let me explain this. He says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road or the way. Both of these ideas is of the way. And, and, and what we have to understand here is Jesus is referencing uh, uh, the, the Jewish law, the Talmud at the time, which talked about the, the narrow way and, and, the, and the big way or the, or the broad way, which was very much the, the private way and the public way. This was very understandable to people at that time. But today, we don't really get this. We just go, oh, there's a big way and there's a little way. It's like the, it's like the toll road and then the big road, right? No, it's a little different. You see, the private way was for those that, that, that were like accepted, for those that were in the know, in the family, in, in, in the culture, the ones that could get through the door. The ones that, if you got caught as a public person on a private road or private way, then you could be penalized. You could be fined, you could be brought to the Sanhedrin and be subjected to, to disciplinary action because that's not your road. You can't take that. And, and what was crazy with the Jews at that time is you had all these, Jew, these Romans coming in telling these Jews, mm-hmm, yeah, we supersede you because we have a sword and we're going to kill you. And so they were, their, their life was in upheaval. So the Jews very much so clung to this to keep what was private and public. And the same goes for the gate here. In the, in the, in the Talmud, it's a very common word. It's fishfash. It's an interesting word. And what it means is the, the, it's the idea of a gate, but it wasn't just a, a gate like we think of a gate. It was a small gate and a, a, surrounded by a large gate. So there's like this little door in the middle of a big gate. You get it? And the big gate was for the crowds, but only at certain times during the day. All these cities were enclosed by walls. Why? Robbers, wild animals... Okay? They, they didn't have a police force, quote-unquote, like we have today. There wasn't th- th- this... Th- there were still a lot of wild animals out there. 
And, and at night, that's the time when the robbers come in, the bandits and, and, and different invading armies would come in, so they would close this giant gate. And if you were just some guy walking up to the gate or some gal going, hey, and it's you know 9 o'clock at night, the, 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 the sun's down and everything, and you're, you're pounding on the public gate, good luck, you ain't getting in. Because I don't know you. Oh, but, but the, the small gate, the narrow way, the little gate, that's for family. I know you. Come on in, Jim. Come on in, Jenny. You're family. I get it. And so Jesus is very much saying this. He's making a simple point here that they would have gotten. Will you come my way, the private way, that I've invited you to come to because I'm the one in control. It's my city. It's my world. It's my... I'm God. And I'm opening the way to you. The way that most of you would not get. The way that almost every single one of you has said, you're not good enough. People have told you. You smell too bad. You're not smart enough. You're not a disciple. Enough. You know. You're not my disciple. You're that guy's disciple. You like that team, not that team. Right? Because we're so civilized. We beat up that team, right? Put them in the hospital. You see, and that's the idea. That's the idea. The private way, the public way. I, I, let me explain this in something a little easier. I remember a time when I worked in Orange County. I always felt out of place in Orange County. I love it, but my car was always way too dirty. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm driving my little 1990 Toyota Camry with about 800,000 miles, and my car was always dirty. And every car on the road in Orange County was like pristine. And I just felt out of place. I'm like, man, I need to get my car washed every time I was down there. But, I, but we built a lot of pools down there. My dad and I, and he had a van that wasn't very pretty, but it had this really cool accoutrement. It had this awesome little thing that went on the window, and it was called a toll pass. And I remember sitting on the 91. I sinned a lot on the 91. Anybody of you there? Okay. I repented when I got home, ever driving on the 91. And, um, but I remember when I had my dad's van, and, 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 I'm, and I had that little toll thing, and, and I'm like looking at the traffic ahead of me. It's about two miles ahead, and I can see it, and I'm like, oh. And then I would see the toll thing, and I'd be like, ah, <laughs> you poor schmucks. Don't you wish you were like me? Toodles, you know, <laughs> I would wave and yeah, sucks to be you, right? You know, you're just driving. That's the private way. You get it? That's the private way. Nobody stopped on the toll roads. Come along. You've got the money. You can make it. You can do it. You see, in all these other ways that we look at, they do say, they promise that, don't they? But you get a little farther along and all of a sudden these private ways that you thought was good lead to addiction, lead to sorrow, lead to depression. And it's not open. It's not the nirvana we were hoping for. Jesus here is very much saying, you're welcome to come the private way. I'll put that. You strap yourself to me and we'll fly, baby. Not your way. I'm going to direct us to where we're going to go because it's my Father's kingdom. But it's so much better. Second war is that of the wolves. So we have the way, now we got the wolves and the battle of the message. He says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. See, if that first message, that battle is about me, then that second battle is really about that message. See, the people of Jesus' day really got the idea of wolves. They got this. In fact, if you, do you remember the, the shepherds and the idea of the shepherd? They've got that big crook, you know, that cane, that shepherd's cane. And it says in Psalm 23, your rod and your staff, the staff, but the rod too. And so they, they had it because the shepherds were attacked, man. 
They were watching all these sheep out in the countryside. And if there's a ton of things out in the countryside, that's the wild animals. And if you remember from King David, he had to kill a bear with his own hands. He had to kill a lion. I mean, he was watching them sheep just as much as those predators were trying to get in. But Jesus is doing something here that would have scared them to, to death. This is more than just your average wolf. This is a wolf who's literally skinned a sheep and is wearing the, the garb of the sheep, wearing the, the skin of the sheep. And it's walking in looking just like a sheep. The people would have sort of chuckled, but also gone, my gosh, that's like, that's like a horror show right there. That's like Freddy Krueger of wolves. And why is he doing this? Because the people would have understood, oh my gosh, we can't tell that. I can tell if a wolf's coming close. I got, a, I got Uncle Pete, he's a shepherd, and he knows. I, got, I sat at his feet. They were the modern day like firefighter and EMT storytellers. You know, They had these crazy stories of fighting off animals and just seeing blood and guts and all that. And you'd want to listen to Uncle Pete about that story, right? And Pete's laughing. He's like, oh, that's right. But none of them would say, oh yes, but there was this one wolf that came in and looked just like a wolf and devoured all these sheep before I even knew it. And man, he almost got on me and started devouring me and it was crazy and blah, blah. No. See, the reason Jesus goes here is because he's trying to use hyperbole. He's trying to use a point that says, look, you don't always know. In fact, most of the time you look at it and it looks good. It looks just like a sheep. You see, that message you've been hearing sounds so good, doesn't it? Man, but, 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 but I could... All I gotta do is give them my information. That's all I gotta do. And they just want my name and my number. And, and come on, it's someone in Nigeria. They can't. And it's an email. Who tries to fraud people on email? They just want my bank number. You see, I mean, that's the ridiculous version, right? But how many books are out there? And how many of us have listened to that message, that wolf that says, no, 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 you can be happy. You can be happy. See, there's a lot of wolves out there that do that, especially in relationships and in marriages. You know what? You should be happy. You're not happy? Well, just leave. See, there's a message. But is that the right message? See, there's many messages out there that we're bombarding us every day. You see, if you just do this, if you just go there, if you just have that, jump with me. Strap yourself to me. I'm the message of hope. Really? Are you? See, this is the war of wolves and the different messages they bring. How many lives have been devoured by addiction? I had a long life of addiction. I just say that right now. Devoured. I thought, I thought that message was of hope. See, we need to remember Psalm 23. I referenced it earlier, but our, the Lord is our shepherd. His message. The sheep know my voice, right? That's what Jesus talks about. And I'll tell you, that rod and that staff was for protection. But the rod was also to nail the sheep on the head when they needed to get nailed on the head because they were wandering off. And, and you can just see Jesus, sometimes he needs to plow us right on the head. Because we hear another message and we go, oh, that sounds good. And Jesus is like, no. Are you asking to be nailed on the head by the great shepherd for the correct message? Please. Now, third war is that of wages and the battle of the method. Okay, We've got the way, we've got the wolves, and now we've got the wages. And, and also, honestly, if it starts with me, and it has the message, then it's got to be about the method. And it says, by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes? Now, this is the part where, I'm going to read that again, and you're going to be like the first century Palestine. Okay, This is what's going to happen. I'm going to read that, and you're going to laugh. 
Okay, here we go. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes? There, now you're first century Palestine. That's what they would have done. They would have laughed their heads off. They'd be like, well, who is this guy? Is he here next week? Do they have free drinks? Right? I mean, he, they, this would be like a comedy show. But Jesus is using this brilliantly to show a point. He's really making it. I mean, you can't finagle figs from thorn bushes. You just can't. And you can't grab grapes from thistles. That's the point. See, we're not an agrarian culture today, so many of you aren't the farmers that they were. Of 90 to 92% of all people back then lived off of their agriculture. So let me help you understand. The person that works 20-hour days, seven days a week, so as to succeed and be successful, but over time they burn out and were replaced by a younger model, and their family life is in shambles, and at the end of the day, they're not happy. You see, they're trying to grab grapes from thorn bushes. Do you get it? How about the person who puts all their time, their talent, and their treasure into relationships, into that spouse, or into that, that boyfriend or girlfriend, or their family, and if I just do all this and spend all this with my family, then, then, then I can finagle figs from thistles. As if anything in the creation is going to bring us what we truly 100% desire and so that we're completely content and happy at the end of the day. No. No. See, Jesus is making a point there for us so we can understand now. What are your methods that are producing less than stellar wages? Where are you trying to grab grapes and finagle figs? Uh, this is why, by the way, pornography is such a pull on so many men today. Because they're hoping to grab fruit, but they're getting thistles. You see kids getting swept up and just wanting to be popular. And adults do the same thing. They just want to be accepted. You know, when they get into a work situation and, and they just, you know, we want to be accepted. So we, we lower our standards and we do these things so as to, to, to reach and grab for the grapes out of the thistles and, and we never truly ever get it, do we? We never do. Because at the end of the day, we're still hungry and we have cut up hands because both thistles and thorn bushes, they hurt. Rockefeller back in the day was asked, I love this quote because he was asked by, a, a, he was one of the richest men and we probably still know there was a term about being as rich as Rockefeller. You know, and when someone was spending money back in the day, it was like, hey, who are you, Rockefeller? You know, because they were spending money. It's like, hey, Rockefeller, you're a big spender. So here's this guy that had all the money pretty much in America. I mean, he was rich. He was wealthy. And, and, a, and a journalist came to him one day and said, you know what? what? First of all, he was asking him a lot of things. But at the end, he, he asked him this one thing. He said, how much money is needed to be enough? Like, when do you stop? And Rockefeller turned to him and said, just one more dollar. Just one more dollar. I'm just going to grab one more time. But look at all them scars. Yeah, but maybe this time I'll get grapes. Maybe this time I'll get figs. Jesus is saying, enough is enough. That's the ugly truth of where we find ourselves. As disciples to people or systems that leave us cut as we reach into it. And the sad thing is Jesus follows it up and says, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do all these amazing things in your name? And he will say, I never knew you. They tried to take the public way. It was about them. You see? The message of me. And then, and then it became the message of, well, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to truly strap myself to God, but, but I'm going to try to do these things. 
and, and Jesus at the end of the day would say, I'm sorry, I didn't know you. So what do we do? Let me just point you to something real simple. And again, we're going to be looking in the next couple of weeks as we go through the book of Ephesians of what does it mean to actually walk in this light and this love that came down, walking in love. But, but Jesus is very simple. This is why he says, therefore. Anytime you see a therefore in the Bible, church, please just, that's, what is it there for? You just need to look back and read. And, what, and he's going through all these, these, these things that we fall victim to. And he says, now, therefore, don't fall victim to that. If it's about you and it's about the message and their methods, please look to me. And he says this, Therefore, everyone who hears the words of mine and puts them into practice. So we need to remember the words of Jesus and put them into practice into our daily life. This is, this is what we need to remember. Because then he, he talks about the sandy land, right? You guys ever remember that, uh, that old hymn, you know, build your house on the sandy land? Right? Great, great little setup there. And a lot of people know this, the house on the rocks and the house on the sand. See, what he's doing is he's saying this is what it means to be a Christian. Love came down so as to lead us back home. We cannot reach God on our own. We need his grace. We need his foundation in our life. We must be strapped to Jesus. And there are many times when you're called to jump. And some of you are like me. You're, you're a little rushed to judgment. You're a, little, you're a little rushed to, okay, let's do it. And you jump and you look back and Jesus is still on the plane. And you go, uh-oh, <laughs> What have I done? Who am I strapped to? And you start to experience it, and you hit hard. See, in the midst of our battles and wars with others, ourselves, and operations, we can get lost. Back in 1998, there was a crazy story. I don't know if you guys remember this. I, I grew up in Southern California, and there was a place that, man, I used to look at and be like, I want to live there. That's nice. It was Laguna Niguel. And, and, and 1998 was one of them El Nino years. Pray, we need another El Nino year. We really do. I love it when it's El Nino. Man, we get that rain. But here are these homes that were built. Well, let me just read about it. Let me just read about it. There was a man-made hill created in the mid-1980s for the community known as Niguel Summit in Laguna Niguel, which was made up of about 1,400 houses overlooking the older 41-unit Crown Cove condo complex. And it was just this man-made hill, but you know what? They didn't engineer it quite right. And as soon as El Nino hit, the storms hit, everything started sliding. And tons of people lost their homes, lost their possessions, lost everything. And all it took was a little bit more rain that year. Maybe you've got some rains. I don't know about you, but maybe a storm that I know I've experienced, I don't know if you've experienced it yet, but it's the death of a loved one. That's quite a storm. And, and last time I checked, death rate's one in one. It's going to happen to you. It just is. Who are you strapped to? Is your foundation being tested? Maybe your stress level. None of us have stress here, I know that. But uh, tell someone else this, okay? Maybe it's rough, you're juggling family, you're juggling work, you're trying to just live life, and at the end of the day, you're finding that you have nothing. You have nothing. And your house is slipping. It's starting to go. How about the job doesn't pay enough? The bills keep getting higher, the creditors never stop calling. Do I go back to school or do I try for a new job? Do we move? Do we run away? The rain is not stopping. You see, is your foundation on a man-made hill? Will you be strapped to Jesus? Will you allow Him to build that foundation that's going to last? Or will you do it yourself? I, I just Before I invite the, the worship team up, no, heck, just come on up here, guys and gals. Just come on up for the worship team. But I want to say something real quick. I wasn't going to say this, but I found myself just looking at this. And 
We're a church that says we want to not only connect with the community, grow in faith, but serve Jesus. We reach out to the least, the last, and the lost. That's an easy thing to say, isn't it? You see, it's easy to go outside and say, I love Jesus and I believe in Him. But it's another thing to actually start putting your feet and your hands with that talk. Walking the talk. You get it? It's all hard to do. I know. I've lived life for longer than a day. <laughs> and and, and I, we, we got a sizable check recently from a, from a family that was visiting our church because they said, we like what you're saying and what you what you're say you're doing with the least, the last, and the last. And we got this check. And, we, and, and very much there's a storm coming, a financial storm. We need all the money we can get to pay the bills. And the, and the initial response was to me, let's put it in the bank for that rainy day that's coming. But then I got challenged by some people that I very much so trust in my life. And I sat there with our elders and I said, you know what, guys? We have this money. And it's easy to, to just put it in the bank, isn't it? Because, heck, we're a church that talks about loving the last, caring for the least, visiting the lost. But are we going to put our money where our mouth is? And I'm so proud of these elders. I'm proud of our church. We took a big portion of that check and in our poverty said, here you go, to somebody in our community that needed it, that can't pay rent, that's having a ministry that matters. To a widow who's helping kids and babies and little, little teenage girls. That's what it means to start walking. And I can't say that out of my own pride. I can't say that out of something I want to do. Hey, the last thing I wanted to do was take any of that money and give it anywhere. But what is God calling you to do? See, as a church, we're saying this is what we're about, but we're also trying to act like it. We're trying to live it. That's discipleship. Because God doesn't just say, check it. Here's the message. Peace out. <laughs> he says, here's the message. Take my hand. Let's go. Are you going to walk with me? And that's the point, isn't it? We don't want to be hypocrites. We don't want to just say one thing and do another. We want it to be 100% holistic of who we are. Not just a people of faith, but a people of faith-filled actions and love. So please, please, pray for our church as we pray for you. And let's go out and let's do this because there are people that are strapped to many, many different things and they're plummeting right now. They're falling. And we need as many Christians out there who are strapped to Jesus, who are just saying, come on, let's go. God loves you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your word. Without you, we're free-falling. We need you to help us fly. May we be the disciples that not only say it, but show it. Because we're following you. We've grabbed your hand. Lord, my brothers and sisters here each have their own journey with you, Jesus. You've got something for them. My hope is that they make, they make a covenant with you saying, I, I don't get it, but I know you came down to love me. And I just want to be a part of that. So I thank you. And I just pray that if there's anybody here that needs prayer or help or hope, Lord, that's what we're here for. We just want to be your hands and feet. May we minister to our brothers and sisters today. And may you mightily go forth as we take care of the least, last, and the lost. You meet our needs as well. So we can continue to be your kingdom here on earth. In Jesus' name, amen.